Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're glad you're here. I'm Kevin McDonald, your host for this grand adventure, and I thank you for joining us. You see, our mission is to create a positive personal connection to all things with courage and love. We invite terrific guests, interesting topics, and great conversation, all in a fun, entertaining way. And we always manage to learn something, too. So I hope you will stay right where you are for this episode of Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio for a Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. I hope everybody's prepared for a wonderful day. Please be careful out there and be safe tomorrow. I hope everybody has a great time with their family and has a wonderful Thanksgiving had by all. Eric, uh, Mr. Ryder, how are you today, sir? Hey, good afternoon, Kevin, and good afternoon to the other Eric. I'm doing great. Good afternoon, Eric. Good afternoon, Kevin. <laughs> good afternoon, gentlemen. Eric's, Eric's all. And the reason that I have two Eric's is because I can't pronounce anybody else's name. So, and it works. And it works. works. But I've got an announcement to make that I'm really excited about. And uh, Mr. Ryder can can help me make this announcement. If you would. Very good. Oh, very nice. What's the announcement, sir? <laughs> I wanted you to... Um, uh, because KKNW is such a great organization and I've loved them for, you know, like 18 years when I was here full time, um, I'm going back and we're going to add another hour to positive talk radio Friday at noon. So excellent. Excellent. I think so from now on you, what you can listen to is uh, positive talk at Monday at nine, Wednesday at four and Friday at noon. Yeah. And, you know, starting this Friday at noon, just to get people excited about the live show coming on the 17th, as you said, we're going to be doing replays of this Wednesday at three show uh, just to get people hyped up and ready for you on Fridays. How oh, fun. That will be awesome. I'm looking really looking forward to it. And uh, um, Eric, Mr. Ryder, I assume that you've got plans for Thanksgiving. Going to eat a big turkey. <laughs> hey, there that's you go. the plan. I, I are a big turkey, and so you can't eat me, <laughs> Mr. Hall. Your plans? I went and got cranberries this morning, and you know, I went to aisle fifteen at uh, Fred Meyer in my local vicinity, and I was there at uh, seven thirty, thinking I could beat the rush, and I indeed checked the lines as I made my way to the cranberry. Uh, cranberries where they're located you know in the cans i get both the jelly and the berries because of course you got to have both and the lines were clear but by the time i grabbed my cranberries man i was a sixth person in line that's amazing how huh? it's it's this this day is is a big uh food day and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have the guests that we have on this hour yeah his name is is david mean i believe that's correct david could you correct me on your last name please it's actually miney, like eeny, miney, miney. miney. Oh, God, because I you sound it. like a nice guy. So <laughs> David Mean just doesn't work. Miney works. Uh, I'm so used to that. Eeny, miney, bo. You sure? Well, I have you... a funny. I have a funny story about that when oh, I was good. in high school, trying out for the football team. The uh, I had moved from Denver, Colorado, to Glenwood Springs, small Ooh. town. Nice Coach idea. said, what's your last name? How do I say it? I said, eeny, meeny, miny, mo." <laughs> and for the rest of my high school football career, I was known as Mo. 
whoop, 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 whoop. I love it. See, and that's why I don't gamble, because I had a 50% shot at getting the right one, and I always get the wrong one. So I never gamble uh, for that for that very reason. But David is here with us, and he is an author of note. He is a what they call a serial entrepreneur. He's uh, started and launched several companies. His current company that he's working with is called Eating to Live LLC, and it is a functional nutritional nutritional counseling and robust e-learning program. And we're going to learn all about that because Eric and I, if you've seen pictures, oh, we love to eat. Yeah, we and you're, the food on here looks delicious. I already know where this is going. It's about eating healthy, which is you know against my nature. But as I'm getting older. You know, it, it is more important. And when your belly needs its own zip code, then it's every bit more important that you do this. It, it, it really you know, is. I have and, a separate bench just for my belly when I sit down. <laughs> and so, David, I wanted to ask you, first of all, you are the father of seven and the grandfather of 18. Do you remember oh all of their names at any given time? You know, I do. What happened is, is 20 years ago, my wife and I blended two families together. So she had three boys. I had three girls and a boy. And here we story. are 20 years later with 18 grandkids. And we just had our first great grandchild. Congratulations. Thank so they, you. They call That's you wonderful. the meanie bunch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> well, it is. Because you, you were saying you had three boys and she had uh, the girls and, and a boy. So you had one extra one. But uh, That's right. But uh, it reminds me of the Brady Bunch from way back. Way, way back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But so you've written a book and we were, we've been talking about this quite a little bit because um, when we were debating, first of all, the name of the book is called Eating to Live, Unlocking the Leaky Gut Code. And we've been trying to figure out what yeah. the leaky gut code yeah, is. And we came up with all sorts we of things. Were, what leaky we gut won't code share what, what we thought that was. No, we're not going to do yeah, that. We're not going to share that. But the, could you explain, David, <laughs> what, what exactly is the leaky gut syndrome and uh and and the, the book that you've written about it so let me just throw out a, a quick question to you guys i'm going to answer your question with a question uh oh boy okay what if most everything you've been told about your health was wrong well i, I would i'll go first eric and then you first of all i would like to believe that i've been told everything that's wrong is because I've been doing exactly the opposite of what they said I should do. And so I'm hoping that you're going to tell me that what I'm doing is right, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been told cheeseburgers are bad for me. Oh, so my I'm looking forward to you telling me. <laughs> well, and, I, me. and I, wanted, I wanted to ask that question because when it comes to the leaky gut syndrome, or if you have a leaky gut, I want you both to know that I survived bladder cancer and many serious health cha challenges once we understood why I developed a compromised immune system. And the first 14 chapters of the book is about this health journey that I went on and my wife joined me on that was horrendous. I mean, 
You heard me start off by saying I survived cancer. Well, when I was in my teens, I used to be in so much pain. I'd be rolled up in a ball, backseat of the car, in the fetal position, you know, just all this pain in my gut. Then I got diagnosed in my 20s with colitis, uh, which is a colon issue, and then Crohn's, which is a different oh. issue in the colon. And then I hit 1999, and they diagnosed me with a neuropathy in my feet, which for me are very painful, a couple toes numb, the rest on fire. And then I got this cancer and then I got severe arthritis. And you got to remember when I got the 1999, I'm in my 40s, this big health crisis in my 50s, you know, I start developing, started developing this arthritis, this severe where I couldn't bend on my right knee, my left hand, up my spine. And then I hit just end of my 50s, going into my 60s, I've got this big cancer battle. And what we did is we wrote the book. I wanted to describe to people, you know, when we're in our 20s and 30s, you know, we can eat whatever we want. And then we hit our 40s, 50s, and 60s. And like me, in my 40s and 50s, I started having these tremendous health crises. And the problem was, is that I'd go to the doctor's, I'd give them my symptoms. They think about it, you know, take, you know, my blood pressure and maybe they do some blood work and, you know, they do certain things and they'd come back and say, okay, we're going to put you on a prescription and this should fix it. Well, the problem is in 1999, when I got my very first prescription called Lyrica, it's a very yeah, heavy I, duty. I take that. Yeah. Lyrica for my feet. They actually started me on Neurotin and I had an adverse reaction to the Neurotin. So then they put me on Lyrica. And so here I go. I start with this very first drug, um, Lyrica, and I was on 150 milligrams three times a day. And, you know, here we go. And 20 years later, you know, I'm still on that drug. And in the meantime, they added Cymbalta, uh, because of my back, I was taking Lorabtab on a consistent basis. Then they added duloxetine and another drug. And then I was on five over-the-counter drugs. And so here I am going through these health crises. And in 2018, I'm taking 10 different medications. And my pain level is still at an 8 to 10 every day, even taking all that. And some of those over-the-counters were a class of drugs called NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which is, I was taking Advil, ibuprofen, doctors were prescribing naproxen or Aleve, and it's that class of drugs. Well, guys, isn't it kind of weird when in 2018, I am taking all these medications and I'm still having a pain level of eight to 10 every day? Yeah, that has to right. be frustrating. It's not right. It's, and it's and I'm working with multiple doctors and all of a sudden as I'm writing, you know, well, before, you know, I started the book after this, but I met a doctor and this doctor says, David, you have to get off the NSAIDs. And the reason he asked me to get off the NSAIDs is I was having stem cells in my right knee because I couldn't go up and down the stairs anymore. Now, you got to remember, guys. And I want to explain to you, I have been an athlete all of my life, an amateur athlete. I started out, you know, football track, I was a pole vaulter, ran the mile, got into softball, then basketball, played that through, 
And then in my 40s, I started doing triathlons. I did 42 Olympic mm. distance triathlons all over the United States, even did an Jeez. Ironman. Wow. Then in my 50s, moved into tennis. And now in my 60s, I'm playing pickleball. And I've been an avid cyclist, won multiple medals and Damn. been really successful. So here I am. I look fit. I'm athletic, right? But I'm just a mess. Well, as we're connecting these dots, right, of my health, and this doctor says, stop taking NSAIDs, but didn't tell me why. Just said, if you're going to have stem cell in your right knee, you can't do NSAIDs because they disrupt the stem cells. Do you guys know that stem cells are the foundation of our body? Yeah. And I got a doctor saying, if you take those NSAIDs, the stem cell, or excuse me, if you take the NSAIDs, those stem cells aren't going to work. And not only are you going to have to do it for 30 days before we do the procedure, but you can't take them for five months. And I said, how am I going to survive? I'm in so much pain now. He says, well, if you want to get any, any solution or any help with your knee, this is what you got to do. So, so I did it. Stem cells are, are the least specialized cells in our body. That's correct. Yeah. And, but they can do multiple things in the body. Right. Because right? they adapt to their environment around them. Exactly. So exactly so what you're saying is that they were putting into a situation where they couldn't develop with the environment around them because of the nutrition because of the NSAIDs Insets, not the gotcha. nutrition gotcha because of the Advil and ibuprofen gotcha well then the end of June after I had had the procedure for 30 days I wanted to confirm with this Dr. Khan I said Dr. Khan can I start taking NSAIDs again in three months and you said David I'd recommend you never do them again but he didn't tell me what to do, how to do it. A month later, I met my next doctor, who's a world famous cardiologist. And I explained to him my situation. He says, David, don't ever take NSAIDs again, but here is what's going on. You may have a leaky gut. And I'm like, what is a leaky gut? Just like you guys asked me from the very beginning. So here's the definition of a leaky gut. You have a small intestine so everything goes in your throat, down into your stomach, sits there, starts breaking down, goes into the small intestine. In the small intestine is where all of the nutrients that your body needs goes through these little fillets, like a finger that lines all the walls of the small intestine. And that lets in all the good nutrients that go into your bloodstream, which your bloodstream feeds throughout your body. Well, in my case, what happens and what happens to most people when they get their 40s, 50s, 60s and older, if you'll picture that fila like shag carpet and because of the nutrition that we eat and the toxins and the things that are going in our body, that gets shaved down. So at my point, it was like Berber carpet, which is very short and then spike proteins and other things that are not supposed to be going through those fila get wedged in and they open these junctions. So then things like, in my case, I'm gluten sensitive. Um, I had some other food sensitivities and those go through the small intestine into the bloodstream. And then the immune system, if you can think of this analogy is like the army, Navy, air force, Marines, they start attacking these, particles that are not supposed to be in the bloodstream and what they do is they cause inflammation 
Now, think about this. When your immune system is constantly on the attack because this stuff is getting through the small intestine, and then when you take NSAIDs and other medications, it does the opposite of what you think it would do. So I got in this vicious cycle. So that second doctor helped me realize foods that were getting through my leaky gut into the bloodstream and was compromising my immune system. So then what happens is, is you get in this vicious cycle. So it was, I can tell you to the day on October 18th, 2018. Now I started with Dr. Khan in April and April 30th of 2018, met the second doctor in July of 2018, started learning about the leaky gut, started doing some things. My pain level without the NSAIDs, gotta remember I got rid of that whole class of drugs, dropped from an eight to 10 every day, all of a sudden dropped to a four. I mean, that's huge. Wow. When you got a guy like me that is in so much pain and so much misery, and to, to make a long story short, in October of 2020, so a year ago, I got off my last drug. And right now, I am 100%. I take no drugs. The medicine I take is food. And my pain level on a daily basis is somewhere between a zero and a one. Wow. Congratulations, man. That is dynamite. That's that's amazing. David, it, I, I, this strikes a little close to home, thank you very much, because <laughs> I've gone to doctors for years, and they've said, well, you know what? You have some kind of an inflammation. What kind of inflammation do I have? I don't know. Um, it's some kind, and we can't figure it out. I have no idea how, but you get, but it's a inflammation. So take anti-inflammatories. Well, the <laughs> anti-inflammatory they gave me is a leave. Yep. That's yeah. the worst thing you could have done. Wow. Well, now you tell me. <laughs> well, here's the good news for you, Kevin. The good news is, is that if you spend the time to get educated, see the problem that we have that you got to remember doctors, we need them. They, they're there, they do a great thing, but they get very little education on nutrition. Maybe true. when they're going through medical school, four to eight hours. And they don't have the time. So all the, they're trained to, to look at symptoms and then they're supported by the pharmaceutical companies and pharmaceutical companies, they can't patent food. All mm. they can do is take foods, break it down, break it down, break it down, find something there that an, uh, a biological thing that is, you know, that they can study, do research, and then they can file a patent for something like that. And so, you know, no one wants to help us understand what food is. And that's why in 2020, when my wife and I were sheltered in place because of COVID, we didn't have anything to do for a month or two. And so we sat there and here I had seen this. I'm a walking miracle. And I'm like, you know, maybe I ought to write a book about this. And my wife says, yeah, why don't you write a book? And I'm going to go back to school. She says, I'm really interested in this new area called functional nutrition. So she went to school for a year, got certified as a functional certified functional nutrition counselor. She's now into more schooling. And then we began to learn more and more and more. And so it took me 18 months to write the book. And then during that 18 months, I got off my final medications and then really learned 
how do you keep the inflammation out of the body? And so that's the first 14 chapters and the last 10 chapters of the book are how to do it. Are that in essence, we now teach how simple changes can help everyone reclaim their health. So that's terrific because I think I've always been of the opinion uh, changing your diet is more difficult than even quitting smoking. It's true. You know why? You are what you eat. Yeah, no. no. You are, you are, you have been led down a path with processed foods. You've been led, we've been, let's say we've been. Our wheat has been so modified over the years that it's no longer has nutrients in it. And the reason it's been modified is to make that perfect loaf. And what you do is you take that, it's now a carbohydrate, you load it with sugar. And what happens is, is that it has spike proteins in it. So you've got, you know, gluten potentially could be a problem for you. It's very addictive. You now have at food companies and beverage companies, scientists, who now have the title of chief craving officer or director <laughs> of cravings, no joke. They have million dollar equipment where they put people in it that consume the beverage or consume the food and they can watch that where it goes in the brain because it goes to the addiction center. So when my wife and I help individuals you know, start changing their diet and start eating healthy things. See what functional nutrition is all about is helping you become a scientist and help you understand that your body is the lab experiment. And the challenge is, is that we had to build a shake for our clients that has a patented ingredient in it that takes, and when they consume our shake has a hunger blocker for three hours or a craving blocker for three hours because when you try to come off of processed foods and beverages that are loaded with carbohydrates and sugar what what do you do as soon as you you know you try to get healthy and eat the good stuff your body is craving your brain's hunting through the house opening every door the refrigerator the pantry looking for crackers and bread and sugar donut i mean you just ugh. yeah and that's you know, that's have you really been in what my, happens. Yeah. Have that's you been exactly in my right. house, David? <laughs> I've been in lots of houses. I know because my house used to be that way. And the thing about it, you know, Kevin it's, and Eric, it's not your fault. These foods, the American diet is designed to do that. Do you know Canada and Europe banned high fructose corn syrup from the research and studies they did of what it was doing to their citizens? And their healthcare system is that banned in the United States? Nope. Nope. No. It's not. And so, here's an interesting thing. So when I used I used to sit around two ten. I'm six foot. Used to be about two ten. I've been heavier than that. And as I've, as my wife and I have got this miraculous health in me now, and her, what happens is is the body begins to right size. And so today. I sit around 177 pounds, which is what I weighed in high school. And I eat a lot, but I eat, I eat the things that don't go through my, that now I've healed my leaky gut, but
but I stopped eating those things that were going into my bloodstream and creating the inflammation. And so the key is, is how do you get the inflammation out of your body? And one last comment, of all the developed countries in the world, the United States is the number one for everything, obesity, heart disease, diabetes. I can just go down the list because I had pre-diabetes before I started with this doctor 2018. I had pre-diabetes. I had a five times greater chance to have a heart attack. I, has, I had gluten um, intolerance. I had all my triglycerides were off the chart. My AC1 was off the chart. I mean, you, when I did my blood work, every single thing was off the chart. So when I started healing my leaky gut and I started feeding my body the things that got rid of the inflammation, and as I overcame the cravings, you know, just like tomorrow, I will have Thanksgiving dinner and I'll have the turkey, which is good for you. I'll have the vegetables. So we do asparagus and broccoli and cauliflower. And when we cook them, we put them in the oven and we bake them and we use the good oils. We'll use coconut oil or olive oil. You know, I'll have potatoes without dairy and without butter because for me personally, I can't do dairy. You guys might be okay with dairy. I won't eat the rolls, but the other people that are okay, they'll have the rolls. They'll have them with butter. They'll have with whatever. So for dessert, my wife makes a gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free pumpkin pie that is to die for. She makes the flour or the, the crust out of cassava flour, which is a root, mm. uses stevia. She makes this amazing pumpkin pie. And so I'll have the pumpkin pie tomorrow. And guess what? I won't be eating anything that will break down my small intestine, cause a leaky gut, create the inflammation, and make me sick. I will have an amazing meal tomorrow, and I'll be totally healthy. Mm. Okay. You make it sound so good. Yeah. So give us a seat. <laughs> so how do you, <laughs> and and I'm, I'm looking at your gut healthy recipes now. And man, these things are just uh, whew, triple berry pie, sugar. Let's see. It's sugar free. Uh, sweet potato pie, gluten free pie crust. Yep. Stevia lemonade, a chocolate milkshake, the secret to optimal health. That's a question mark. Donut holes, maca smoothie. And here's one I'm going to actually do rice pudding. I've got some rice that's uh, calling for me. But I see. Well, I have a, a favorite rice. one my wife makes. Yeah. And we stopped telling everybody that we're serving them gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free stuff. So there is, if you look in there, there's this chocolate pudding. And the Ooh. base of the chocolate pudding is fresh avocados really? with the dark chocolate and the stuff that she puts in it. And people eat it and go, man, this is some of the best chocolate pudding I have ever had. And so, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And the thing about it is, is that you're not getting the canola oil and the bad oils. She's always using coconut oils, olive oils, the healthy stuff. When I make a smoothie, I use coconut water because I can't do dairy, right? She can do almonds. I can't do almonds, so she does almond milk. God. And so we just have figured out what works. Now, these... now, David, you said that you had developed a shake. Let's talk about that for just a second. What's in the shake? Oh, yeah, yeah. So a previous company to this one, so when I got cancer, my wife and I had built a company since 2003 called Ideal Shape. And so from 2003 to 2016, we helped tens of thousands of men and women lose weight. I helped 
lots of people lose 100, 150, 200 pounds. And we thought we understood nutrition, but not like we understood now. And so when we had that company, we had found a product called Slendesta that we could license the patent from Kemen Industries. And it, when you, when food and when stuff hits your stomach with this Slendesta, it takes the glucose and makes it so it doesn't spike. And it sends a signal to your brain called CCK. And what it does, it tells your brain that you're full. And so what we did is we, because of my cancer and we weren't sure I was going to live because I ended up over two years with 21 tumors, three surgeries, two rounds of chemo. My wife just said, David, we've got to sell this company and we've got to see if we can save your life because we weren't sure if I was going to live. And so we sold that company to a company out of Europe. It was huge. Let me, I'll share you a little story with you guys on beverages. So I was counseling lots and lots of women. These women, before they would even have one bite to eat, a woman normally, if they're healthy and a healthy amount of calories for a woman is between 17 and 1800 calories. Now, calories are dependent on, is it all sugar? Is it healthy food? Blah, blah, blah. But let's just talk about before I would even get going with them i'd have them fill out this whole sheet and i'd find out that on average women would have five 44 ounce drinks a day of their favorite beverage so a single 44 ounce drink of mountain dew dr pepper coke go down the list that aren't diet drinks has a has 128 grams of sugar and 500 calories so they would drink five of those a day that they would get addicted to. And I won't even talk about the caffeine. I'm just going to talk about the sugar. So they would have 2,500 calories before they even had one bite of food. Oof. Oof. Okay. So one of my very first goals was to get them to replace all of those drinks with water. And then we would work on the thing. And when you try to come off of caffeine and sugar, did you guys know there was a study done in 2010 by the American Nursing Association? And they did a study on sugar. I wrote a book about this in 2014. So in 1805, the average American consumed five pounds of sugar a year. And that was mostly glucose, right? fructose, I'm sorry, mostly fructose from fruit because there wasn't really granulated sugar back then. Right. 2010, the average American now consumes 130 pounds of sugar. Busted. Here we are in 2021, (laughs) and it's worse. Oh, my God. What is it now? I I haven't looked. They haven't released it yet, but they said it's gone up probably at least 15%. How are we not running out of sugar? Oh, here's the scary thing, guys. Do you know that the packaging industry the food industry the nutritional fact panel gets to hide sugar so here we are you and i the three of us we go just walk down the aisle grab a box of cereal grab some noodles we'll grab whatever and what you do is you look at the fact panel and you'll go down and you'll see on the fact panel it'll show the protein and it'll show all the stuff and then carbs and then fiber and then it shows sugar well, guess what, guys? That is the added sugar. 
they don't have to say anything about the sugar that's hiding in the carbs. So here's an interesting thing that this international famous doctor showed us. And you can look this up on the internet now. To see what the real sugar is, you take, let's say it has six grams. If you think and read, it'll say added sugar. And then you go in the other little panel, it says where that sugar comes from. Go to the carbohydrates and let's say there's 30 grams of carbs. You look underneath that, it'll say fiber. And let's say typically in most processed foods, they don't put fiber in. So there's one gram of fiber. So you take 30 minus the one that gives you 29 grams. Divide that by four, which gives you a little over seven teaspoons of sugar in that serving. So you take the seven and the six of the added sugar and there's 13 grams of sugar, 13 tablespoons of sugar in one serving. So go look at a box of cereal, go look at your favorite bars, go look at whatever and you will be appalled at how much sugar you're consuming and didn't know it. And that sugar is going into your body and is creating inflammation and that inflammation is overworking your immune system and that is why we're so sick in america hmm. that's that's pretty that's, that's pretty scary because because i'll tell you i i was in the food industry for a long time and the you cannot trust the labels that are on the food that we're eating you just can't guess not uh, and and so they because they they put they're supposed to put calories and stuff on them but they they'll like a chicken pot pie that's designed for one person they'll say well there are three servings in it and uh each serving is yeah. 500 calories yeah right or, or cereals will say uh they've got all these uh vitamins you know i won't name any brands because eric will probably block me but <laughs> our, our favorite you know is a little leprechaun with uh marshmallows you know that has all these nutrients that are good for you. And we know those magically delicious uh, little mushroom, little uh, marshmallows <laughs> have a lot of sugar, right? There was a fridge, there was a little slip there, uh, Eric. Was there? Yeah, magic mushrooms or. or yeah. Did you guys know that sugar now, the way it's been processed, is actually an anti nutrient? Oh, God. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me? Well, but here's the scary thing. But it's so sweet. It is, but because it's an anti-nutrient, to get that out of your body, your body has to go and grab nutrients to get that out of the body. I mean, we are, it's just, it's just scary. I, when my wife and I, and when we met with our doctor in uh, January of 2021, you know, he had put us on vitamin D3, vitamin C soluble. He put us on some things and we got talking with him in J January of 2021. And, you know, we, we, had we got talking about, you know, you know, COVID and, you know, what's going on with COVID. And I asked the doctor, I said, you know, are you going to get the vaccine? And he looked at me, you know, and I shouldn't have asked that question. And, and, but what was interesting was he said, when we first started on the vitamin D with our blood work, we were at 40. And there's a lot of doctors that if you get over 70, they get concerned. And this doctor, when we got to January of 2021, I was at 140. 
And he says, finally, we've got you to a good point. And he says, now that you've asked me this question about COVID, let me tell you this. Now that you've got your vitamin D3 and these other things, because now my AC1 was right where it's supposed to be, and my triglycerides had come down, every single one of my numbers had come in line what we had done with my nutrition and getting the inflammation out of my body, getting my immune system to work. He says, if you were to get COVID, you're, it's not going to be any big deal. And so in February, I got ill. And it was just like the flu, and I didn't think anything of it. And then my wife, a couple of days later, kind of got a cold. Well, we didn't think anything of it. And because we work so hard on our immune systems, you know, we didn't even think to go get tested. And so then, three months later, we were getting what's called a DEXA body scan. Have you guys heard of DEXA body scans? No. So these are GE scanners that women lay on, has low... Uh, x-rays and what it does is it goes and over the body and shows what the bone density is so it was designed for you know women that has osteoporosis and those type of things and then they with uh, software upgrades then they can look at your muscle mass they can look at subcutaneous fat and so we were there to get that test and because you know we're athletes and we're curious where we're at and they had a little sign that says you know you can now get this test pay this money and you can see if you've had covid so my wife and i paid we were curious and lo and behold it said we had had covid and we had to think we're like because you know it'd been three months previous we had to think about it and we thought oh my gosh back in february when we both were kind of ill that must have been the covid and it was no big thing now, let me let, share with you one last dot that we connected. That's part of this DEXA body scan. So in June of 2020, they had gotten an upgrade to their software. And I was trying to be 80-20, then 90-10 with gluten. I was trying to be pretty good with sugar. I was trying to do whatever. And they had gotten a software upgrade. And when I laid on that machine, they did the thing. The lady was all excited. And she says, hey there's a brand new thing that we can show you now called VAT. And I go, what is that? She goes, it'll give you your visceral fat. Do you know what that is, Mr. Miney? I said, well, I've heard of visceral fat, but I'm not really sure. She says, that is the unhealthy fat that wraps around your organs. And if you're healthy, you're supposed to have less than a pound. And I looked at it and I just gasped because I was at uh, 5.29 pounds of visceral fat. And that was my last stop because I was, I was trying to do all these things. And that visceral fat comes from a lifetime of sugar and eating the wrong things that built this fat around my organs. And so then I just started focusing on getting rid of that visceral fat. And I'm at great numbers today on that. And you can imagine if I went from 210 not trying to lose weight and I now sit around 177 pounds I don't have a stomach anymore my waist went from a 36 plus now I'm at a 33 waist and I wasn't trying to lose weight I was just trying to eat healthy mm. well, is that fascinating it is first of all David quit bragging secondly uh, 
Oh my God! Secondly, <laughs> secondly I'm so glad that you survived uh, the yeah. cancer because you're going to be helping a lot of people. By the way, we've been talking with David Miney. He is the author of the book "Eating to Live: Unlocking the Leaky Gut Code," and I encourage you to go get the book. By the way, oh, um, go to that website, man. It is just uh, it's just dynamite. The food. The name there of the website is David. Go ahead. We lose okay. him. I'll read that. Let me bring it back up. Uh, eating to live. Eating to live. David, you still there? Oh shoot! I saw, heard something fall. Maybe, maybe we lost him. <laughs> Can you guys then. hear me? Oh, there he oh, is. There Welcome are. back. Welcome, Welcome back. back. Hello. Hello. Hi. Can you hear us? <laughs> Can you guys hear me? Oh, yes. boy. See, this is Hello. in the, the land. In <laughs> Sorry, Zoom. guys. It's okay. <laughs> You okay? David, we heard the crash and then silence. David, you still there? Can you hear me? We can hear you. <laughs> can you hear us? Well, I'll tell you what. This is now. The cool thing is, uh, Mr. Ryder, uh, we are going to be able to replay this on uh, uh, this Friday and the subsequent Friday. Is that correct? We lost Eric. <laughs> no, I, I'm here. <laughs> It'll be next week's show, the subsequent Friday. So. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, okay. gotcha. gotcha. Okay. But David, are, uh, if you're gone, sir, I I'm glad that uh, you you were able to spend some time with us. It's really cool. Go to um, Eric. The website again is eatingtolive.com. Spend some time there. Get healthy recipes. Man, this is uh, delicious. And eating to live, unlocking the leaky gut code that's the name of the book please go get it and uh i wanted to talk to david more about shakes because i love to have a good shake in the morning uh or you know something to eat not uh, shake me but anyway um i you know I, both work, i like sure. to, i like to have a meal replacement shake in the morning so sure um but david you're not back yet are you nope he's 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 gone so gone. yes so in Let's see. He's connected to that. Oh, he's coming back real quick. But but uh, I'll tell you what. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Welcome that's back. A, that's all right, David. Um, we were just getting out your information and everything, and uh, um, we're excited about you. Can you come back? Would you come back and talk to me in depth uh, on uh, My Independence Report, the podcast? Absolutely. I would love for you to do that because we need to talk a great deal. This is live radio, and so we've, we're kind of restricted in what we can do because we've got another segment that Eric is doing, which is about, and you're certainly welcome to hang with us and, and listen in to what we're going to do right now. Uh, if you'd like to do that, you're welcome to do so. But this is Eric, uh, Eric Hall, and this is uh, um, Northwest Stories. Pacific Northwest Stories. We've been following the link rail up uh, to each stop from Angle Lake up to Northgate. And uh, this week's stop is Columbia City. And when you talk about the Columbia neighborhood, one should discuss the history of small business because it sort of uh, happened here in wonderful ways in Seattle. When the Seattle area in general was continuing its settlement early on, uh, there were in 1891, lots were sold under a canvas tent with the slogan, Columbia, watch it grow. And this slogan was also attached to railway cars. They're really entrepreneurs. The area was named after Christopher Columbus, which became Columbia City, was still heavily timbered with old growth forests in 1889. 
and electricity was still a new technology when J.K. Edmiston began building an electric railway south from downtown Seattle into the Rainier Valley. Seattle had invested in electric railways to replace the hay burners, which were horse-drawn trains. Edmiston's railway served the dual purpose of opening the valley to development while providing access to new sources of Seattle's best export, which was lumber. And because of the Great Seattle Fire of 1888, lumber was needed for the rebuild. Edmiston, Edmiston and his partners bought 40 acres of land near the railway's first planned station. They logged it, cleared it, and started their new town called Columbia. And it worked. By 1892, the town had 40 to 50 residences, a town hall, a Knights of Pythias Lodge Hall, a school with 75 students, a post office, two churches, a gravitation water system, a park, numerous stores, and a service to Seattle every half hour on the Rainier Avenue Electric Railway. Part of the power for the railway came from the mill, which generated a little electricity in addition to manufacturing lumber and other wood products. Columbia was incorporated as a town in January of 1893 after 66 citizens, including Edmiston, filed the necessary petition with the King County Board of County Commissioners. And in keeping with its new status, the town council promptly changed the name from the modest Columbia to the grander Columbia City. So by the end of the year, Edmiston, though, had lost control of his railway and his finances because there was that economic panic of 1893. And he was forced to relocate to a secret place from all former acquaintances. However, the town, had planned, the town he had planted continued to grow, and the lumber mill and the two nearby shingle mills attracted workers, as did the railway. And businesses moved in to meet the needs of the workers. And by 1900, Columbia City was a full-service community, as well as a downtown for the nearby settlements of Hillman, Brighton, and Rainier Beach. And in 1905, when its population reached the required 1,500, residents uh, rejected a move for annexation to Seattle at that time. Their argument was that the Columbia City could enjoy lower taxes and more local control, particularly on the issue of saloons. Uh, because uh, as an independent entity, the town had prided itself on never having had a saloon within its corporate limits and therefore weren't subjected to the, demon fo to the forces of the demon rum. By 1907, however, the reality of economics of keeping a city growing and prospering led to a change of opinion. The voters approved annexation on March 5th with 109 in favor and three opposed. Columbia City officially became part of Seattle, and the election results were filed with the Secretary of State on May 3rd, 1907. As trees around Columbia City fell to logging axes, Columbia City made plans to drain the Wetmore Slough and made the town into a seaport and be part of the 1917 Lake Washington Ship Canal development that was just uh, further north. However, the Dreamport never developed, and by 1920, the slough was filled in. Today, uh, it's the site of ball fields, playgrounds, a new community center, flower gardens, and a natural wetland meadow. 
Andrew Carnegie Foundation provided a found funding for a branch of the public library, which was built in 1945, excuse me, 1914 above a ravine deeded to the city, and in 1892 for a park. Although the ravine's creek now flows, though through underground pipes, the park remains providing Columbia City with its village green. The community became home to waves of immigrants from near and far. The Italian residents and the many businesses that founded led the valley to be called Garlic Gulch. New Japanese residents were followed by an expansion of the African-American community, adding to rich culture of the valley, along with new Filipino, Latino, Vietnamese, East African, and many more, making Columbia City and the surrounding area a real neighborhood of nations. 1914 was a period of growth for Columbia City, and they added a number of architecturally varied public buildings that still stand today. It included a Mission Revival School, a Craftsman Police Station, and a Colonial Revival Carnegie Library. Although the trolley station is long gone, the buildings included in the Columbia City Historic District still trace their roots to the influence of this important mode of transportation, and it sets a certain charming character for the neighborhood. However, by the 1970s, the neighborhood had fallen victim to stagnation and poverty. Housing had deteriorated, and many storefronts along Rainier Avenue were vacant. However, because of the long-standing charm of the neighborhood and its history of small business success, there was an effort by businesses and individuals to begin the process of revitalization. The decision to keep its charm and history was vital to its revitalization. The Columbia City Business District was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1980 as the Columbia City Historic District. And beginning in the late 1980s, Columbia saw a large influx of minority professionals, artists, gay and lesbian couples, urban pioneers seeking classic housing at low prices. And by the late 1990s, Columbia City was already referred to as one of Seattle's most creative neighborhoods. In the last decade, it has seen some of the sharpest rises in property values in the entire Seattle metropolitan area. The result has been widespread gentrification, including the restoration of many of the older homes, and in the last several years, the buildings of numerous condos and the planned construction of several hundred more. As of 2008, Columbia City is one of Seattle's most diverse neighborhoods in terms of income and ethnicity encompassing everything from public housing to multi-million dollar view homes. There are many great restaurants, shops, galleries. That beautiful library has been upgraded, but the original building is mostly intact. I remember, I recommend going to the park near the Link Rail Station. Try some of your favorite ethnic food of just about any type. Stay a while, walk the neighborhoods, see the buildings that have, been, have seen so many Seattle residents since the turn of the previous century. And that's Columbia City. Go enjoy it. Spend an afternoon. Uh, see as much of the world as you can through the eyes of Columbia City. Next week, we'll be looking at Beacon Hill. Very good. And by the way, our guest, David, are you still with us, sir? I let's think get, he's gone. Let's get his website out one more time real quick. And oh, there That was he, awesome. And, and, okay. and David, uh, let's talk about your book again, which is Eating to Live, Unlocking the Leaky Gut Code. Uh, people can go virtually anywhere to pick that up, yes? Yes, uh, we have it on our website. If they go to eatingtolive.com, they can download it for free. They can get it on Amazon, on Audible, 
iTunes Audible, Audible book, or I mean, audio books. Mm. So all those places. Boy, you did say the right word. It's free if you download it. That's yeah. Really cool. Off our website, yes. <laughs> That's really cool. And David is going to join me on uh, my independence report and a future date. We'll get that out because uh, we've got lots more to talk about. About uh, your real meal replacement shake is what I want to talk about next. Ooh. Man, uh, we're awesome. not going to have time to talk about that today. Yeah. But uh, and I think I just, your wife is a keeper there, David. Yes, she is. Yeah, yeah. very yeah, much yes, so. She is. And I just wanted to make a a, 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 a statement about the uh, uh, thing that Eric just did about Columbia City. It just goes to show you that if you don't let a tavern in, you're not going to survive as a city. <laughs> that demon, <laughs> that demon rum, boy. Oh my gosh, that's, <laughs> that's not funny. listed in your ingredients, David. I've noticed that. <laughs> well, just so you guys know, my wife and family is from Seattle. So that's why really? it was so interesting to listen to it. They, My wife's parents live in Newcastle now. Oh, very nice. I love that neighborhood. And so do I. It's got a great golf course on the top of the hill. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, what? David, it's been a pleasure having you here. I'm glad you survived the cancer. I want to keep, yeah. I want to let everybody know also that not only is he healthy now, but he survived chemotherapy and is healthy. That's even that's, harder to do. That's just amazing. Thank you so very much. And I learned how to get my immune system to work again. Apparently so. Apparently so. You know, through nutrition, nutrition. Yep. And when we talk about ethnic foods, you know, so much of indigenous peoples eat healthy. Well, what's interesting is if you go to Europe and eat their gluten, yeah. I don't have problems in Europe. I go down to South America and eat things that bug me here in the U.S. I go down to Brazil. I go down to South America. They don't bug me. It's just the way that we manufacture and process foods here in the United States. Wow. See, we need they, to get on that. If they could make gluten-free bread that wasn't like a brick, I'd eat it. But, you know, that's just me. Mm. But it's so, David. If somebody wants to contact you directly, how do they do it? Just go to my website, eatingtolive.com, and they can click on uh, contact me. It's a little form they can fill out and talk to me. One awesome thing people can do if they want is they can go on the very first page when they land. They can either download the book or they can take a quiz to see if they potentially have a leaky gut. And then there's a video that comes that tell, explains what a leaky gut is and what they're dealing with. I'm such a child. I already know I do. I already know I do. You, were, you, were, you, you, you had a whole different connotation to, for what leaky gut meant, but we're not yeah, going to go into that. We won't go into that. You guys are awesome. Can I tell you how much I appreciate you guys taking your time uh, and letting me be on your show? We've enjoyed this, David. Thank you for everything. David, it's been awesome because all of us can use a little bit better nutrition. And if you go to your doctor, which is what I did and what my sister did, and you go to the doctor and they say, well, you know, you got inflammation. We don't know how. We don't know why. We don't know what to do to fix it. You just got inflammation. And yeah. it's affecting every part of her body. And I'm going to tell her about this, and she's going to go get your book, I promise. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So thank you, David. So Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. And we've got probably a minute minute and a half left to 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 go here so i just want to say thank you on behalf of everybody now remember we've got uh, four podcasts that we're doing now my independence report uh positive talk radio um think energy which is a metaphysical uh one that's coming online and eric's going to be doing uh um seattle's lunch club 
Seattle's Lunch Club. So we've Speaking got all kinds of stuff for you to yeah. go there. Go to K. And we've run out of fingers, so that might be it. Yep. Go to kmmedia.pro, and you can get all that information. And I want to thank everybody, David. With your 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 website one more time is eatingtolive.com. And I want to thank everybody for being here. Be kind to each other. Take care of each other. Have a great day tomorrow. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And leave the stuffing alone. I know it's hard. Mm-hmm.